Welcome to Short Course, episode 117 for November 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Ben Barry. I was having a, an interesting email exchange with a listener, and as a part of this exchange, the, the topic was largely around the idea that people will, to some degree, some people will rise to the level of competition they're put into. And that, and I totally agreed with him that people should shoot higher level matches, even if they don't consider themselves a competitor or, you know, someone that's going to dry fire five times a week or, you know, try and make GM that, that even, even your typical B C class shooter would benefit from shooting a bigger match, a well-run level two, maybe an area match. And the topic of discussion in this case was nationals, but certainly I, I agree with the idea of people benefiting from stepping outside just shooting their monthly match, their local matches, and and shooting at the very least their state match or some some surrounding state matches or, or maybe their area match. And in the course of this discussion, I thought about something in a new way that after 10 plus years in the sport, I, I really had not seen it through this lens. And I thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss on the podcast, not necessarily because it answers any questions, but I think it helps us frame better questions, the answer to which valuable guidance and insight might come out of. And I, you know, I fully admit that, that this is from a, a relatively limited sample of the, the clubs that I've directly interacted with in, in my time in shooting. So I'm very curious to hear from you guys if what I'm describing matches what you see and if there's anything to be learned from that. So the thing that a sort of long known and long thought about is the idea that when you look at monthly level one USPSA matches, there are typically, in my experience, two broad types. And this is a, a spectrum. So some are kind of in the middle, some shade more to one side or the other. But generally speaking, matches fall somewhere on the spectrum where at one end, you have the matches that really almost run their monthly match like a sectional, like a level two match. They have stages that are really tightly designed, that are scrupulously legal, or as much so as you can manage to do when you're setting up stages the day before or the morning of a match. The officiating at the match is follows range commands, follows all the rules. They're strict about scoring, strict about gear rules. You don't have guys just giving each other reshoots because you know you had a jam or he's a, he's a buddy. You don't have any of that. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have the matches that I think of more as the matches that are an end in and of themselves. It's just somebody is putting on a USPSA match because it's, it's a sport because if they put on a USPSA match, people will show up and shoot it, but they don't either explicitly or implicitly run the match in a way where what they are trying to do is prepare the shooters to go to higher level matches. And what I realized, which in retrospect seems so obvious that I can't really understand how I, it didn't click before, but what I realized in the course of this conversation this week is that generally speaking, the matches that act like or explicitly are trying to prepare shooters to compete at a higher level are run by match directors who themselves compete at a higher level, whether that's shooting the state match, shooting their area match, or, or shooting nationals. And on the other hand, typically speaking, the matches that tend to be more lax are run by match directors who don't, who they shoot maybe their monthly match. Maybe they drive around and, and shoot one or two other USPSA matches. In some cases, it's guys that they run a bunch of different matches at the same range. So 
this guy might not have a chance to go and shoot other USPSA matches because the other weekends of the month when there are matches going on at other ranges, he's got to run IDPA or he's running some kind of zombie match or some kind of outlaw steal or, or something else on those weekends. And so in some cases, but not all, it's it's ranges where they're not really focused on running great USPSA matches. USPSA is just one of the types of matches that they run and they don't necessarily have a someone who's a, a subject matter expert in USPSA running the matches. But whether or not they, they run lots of different ones or, or whether it's it's just a for whatever reason, the the common element that, that I started to notice is the idea that the matches that tend to be more lax about gear, you know, that if you show up with gear that just doesn't meet division requirements, nobody will really say anything to you. They might be, you know, really generous calling doubles. The the range commands might be spotty at best. Just the, the little details that some matches are really, really trying to get right and that some matches tend to let slide those little details tend to be more loose at the matches where the level one kind of is the destination. It's not the, the the people running the match don't necessarily see this as preparation for shooting those bigger matches. Like I said, either implicitly or explicitly because they themselves don't have experience with those larger matches. And this is not meant to be critical of, of those match directors. It is, it is a service to the sport just to have more matches one thing that, that does come to mind from this is the idea of it would be interesting or it would be nice if there was some way to tell when you were signing up for a match which of the two it was. Because honestly, for someone who was looking to dip a toe in, it actually might be easier to go shoot one of these more lax, less level two like, less level two focused matches. I would like to think that the crew that runs the Sir Walter Gun Club monthly match, we do the best that we can to run a section level seven or eight stage match, depending on the, the classifier setup, seven or eight stage match every month. But it's a it's a heck of a first match. I mean, there's some high shot difficulties. There are going to be some some challenging movers because the, you know, in particular, the, the three of us that design the stages as well as the, the, the folks that set up think about Sir Walter not as not as the destination, but as a stepping stone to level two, level three, and level four matches. And so we build the match that we would want to shoot to prepare us for bigger matches. But I can completely understand how that would be intimidating for for a first-time shooter. I'll also say some of the matches that do hold rules and stages and everything else to a higher standard, they, they sometimes tend to be longer matches. And so it's a longer day, whereas some of these some of these more laid back matches, you you may be in and out in, in three hours. And so for someone just looking to dip a toe in, you know, with the understanding that, hey, there is more to it than this. This isn't necessarily the whole this. This isn't the limit of what USPSA is, but this is a sample pointing them to one of these more laid back matches in a way would be a service. It, it is in a way more beginner friendly. And I mean, I think this gets to this might be going a little far afield, but this gets to an, an interesting tension, an interesting cross purpose, an interesting paradox that level one matches are in because on the one hand, yes, level one matches to some degree, their goal is to be regular monthly practices for shooting bigger matches. And some matches, some local monthly matches do try and simulate that as best they can. But on the other hand, by definition, level one matches are also the entry point to the sport. There's no such thing as a level zero match, something below a level one match. Now, 
I've thrown out the idea that it would be interesting to say, what would a level zero match look like? Could you put together a match where it was two medium courses and two classifiers and someone could shoot it in two hours, get their feet wet shooting on the clock. If they were trying to get classified, well, you only need to shoot two of those to get four classifiers. You've got your initial classification to be relatively easy to set up. It, you know, if they're medium courses, maybe you have two 24 rounders, two 12 rounders, that's 36 times two, 72 rounds. You could shoot the whole match for two boxes of ammo. I mean, basically what I'm describing is, is kind of like the, the indoor match that I help run where we basically tend to have two 12-ish round technical stages and then two 20-ish round more field coursey type stages. And what you get out of it is two boxes of ammo. You get four stages and that, that match is kind of designed to be a, a new shooter friendly match. And if we're being honest, I think there are a lot of matches like that out there that serve as the feeder to USPSA. I mean, I know for a long time, IDPA was a, a feeder into USPSA because if nothing else, I mean, I don't, I don't know about IDPA matches these days, but when I used to shoot it, it was a lot of 12 round stages because 12 was the number where everybody had to reload once. And so you get six 12 round stages, maybe 15 round. It, again, you're you're in that 70 to 80 round round count. You have six of those stages. So you can shoot the match with two boxes of ammo. You get your $20 match fee. Back in those days, two boxes of ammo was about 20 bucks. And you could, you know, for 40 bucks, you could go shoot a match. And that was that was the entry point. And then once you kind of got serious about that, maybe you looked at this, this USPSA thing. I know there are other matches out there. There are, you know, outlaw bug gun matches and, and other custom rule sets that, that, that people sometimes use to get into the sport. But we really do kind of ask level one matches to do both of these things. And like I said, I, I do think to some degree, the more level two oriented a, that, that a local match is, the less beginner friendly it, it can be. Now, if you are lucky, you have people who, who are serious competitors that are also ambassadors to the sport. And if you do, you know, sign up for one of these matches and, and get squatted with those guys, you can have a good time and, and be sort of walked through and talked through your, your first match, even at one of these higher level level ones versus one of the more laid back ones where you might get guys who are not as helpful. But again, it, it all depends on the day. But as someone who may have watched some YouTube videos and bought some gear and wants to shoot your first USPSA match, just looking at practice score, you might see, I mean, if you're lucky, you'll see three or four of them all within a reasonable driving distance from you on you know different weekends of the of the month. And it's not really clear where should I start? You know, which one is going to be a good entry point versus which one is going to be possibly, you know, if it's leading up to a big match and the, the match director is feeling particularly mean might be, you know, soul crushingly difficult. Now, I don't I don't think there are that many of those level ones out there, but you get what I'm saying. And so that's sort of one one topic that I'll just kind of set off to the side because I don't really have anything to 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 say else about that. But but I think it is worth recognizing that we put level ones in this position of trying to do both things. And in my experience in practice, level ones tend to do one or the other. They tend to be a good entry point to the sport or they tend to be really challenging stepping stones to a to a level two match. But it's it's pretty rare that you get one that does both. But to to jump back to the the sort of broader topic that that brought this to mind is this idea of match directors that run a, a local USPSA match that aren't 
you know, what you would call USPSA guys per se. They're not going to necessarily build out USPSA specific gear. Maybe they dabble in three gun or IDPA. And so they're just either they have gear that's legal in that other sport and they just shoot it in USPSA and, you know, hey, nobody really notices that you've got a magwell on your gun in carry optics or you're using a, a race holster in production or, you know, something like that. I get it. You know, those guys, they are responding to a different set of incentives. And like I said, I, I there's no answer embedded in the question. But when I had this moment of clarity, when I realized I'd always been sort of aware of these two types of matches, but it became sort of clear to me that the mat, the type of match that a person runs is implicitly or explicitly a result of ultimately what they're in the sport for. If somebody is sort of singularly focused on USPSA and does travel around to shoot bigger matches, then then they're going to run matches that serve that end. Whereas if you have somebody who either USPSA is kind of a, a side interest or one of many matches that they run at their range, then it's always just going to be in competition. So I think the question is, and this is this is really the, the broader question, how can USPSA as a sport help those match directors out? How can USPSA as a sport help these guys who aren't, you know, quote unquote, USPSA guys to run high quality matches that will prepare shooters to go to, to bigger matches? And I mean, one thing, I mean, sort of the, the obvious answer is, can we get them to go to bigger matches? Even if it's just shooting their state match, I wonder what effect that would have. Now, here in North Carolina, their staff's policy as section coordinator is, and I think this is fairly common in, in other sections. If you're a match director at a club in the section, you get to shoot the section match for free. It's just sort of, you know, a, a way to say thank you and and one of the one of the perks of the job. So, you know, we have these guys in North Carolina, and I'm sure there are I, I it, it would be interesting to do some kind of thorough, you know, database gathering looking at the the database of section coordinators and match directors and who's registered and practice score and all that, but actually put the numbers together and see how many how many club match directors actually shoot their own section match and if we can sort of learn something from that. But I mean, I think a policy like, like what, like what North Carolina has is a good one where, Hey, club match directors shoot the match for free. Now the question is, are the guys that like, does it change anyone's mind? Are the guys that would shoot the state match or would they be willing to pay even if they, you know, even if they didn't get it for free and is it actually incentivizing the guys who don't shoot the match to shoot it? And so there's there's a debatable utility of of that perk. Is it actually changing anyone's mind? And I think the answer is probably for the most part no. There there are probably relatively few people who are kind of on the fence and that that free match fee is the thing that tips them over, but I'm sure there there are a few here and there. Now, something else that I think comes up a lot is this idea of a of a stage library. And I definitely think the stage library is useful insofar as it definitely steers match directors in the direction of legal high quality stages. So for example, there are certain target presentations that are just illegal. The, the most common being where you take a, a, a no shoot and just cut a hole in the middle of it. And, and you have to shoot through the no shoot to, to some target either directly overlaid behind it, or, you know, maybe it's, maybe the no shoot is on a target stand in front of some other target. That's, that is a common illegal presentation that you see among first time match directors, I think. And you're never going to see that or ideally you wouldn't see that in a stage that is available to competitors from the stage library. Now, without going too far down the rabbit hole of the USPSA stage library and its shortcomings, I think it definitely could be 
better organized. It could be easier, better sorting in terms of things like indoor versus outdoor match stages, stages that work on a single berm versus bays with two berms or full-on three-sided bays. There's also, my understanding is the what gets submitted to the USPSA stage library is the diagram as it was originally submitted. And so if there is something identified by the, the range master or the RMI or whoever does feedback, I, I have heard, I have no independent confirmation on this, but I've heard that the version that's on the stage library won't necessarily have those changes reflected. So in that sense, you may actually have the stage library showing things that are then flagged by the RMI. And so you would actually want, you would want a, an updated version showing the stage with whatever changes are needed to make it legal. Now that's assuming the changes, the changes that are made are actually in the interest of legality and not just taking out interesting stuff, which that's a, that's a separate issue. So I think encouraging match directors to shoot bigger matches is, is one thing making a database, a, a repository of high quality stages to copy versus sort of asking someone who doesn't shoot other USPSA matches to come up with stages that would be interesting and challenging to people who do shoot three or four USPSA matches a month. So the, the stage library, I think is definitely a step in the right direction. There is more, more improvement that could be done there, but I think that is a step in the right direction. I do also wonder, you know, is there a way that we could use the, the, the knowledge, the information that USPSA has about who the local members are and help have some kind of buddy system or, or something where the match director is the one who, you know, keeps all the match proceeds or whatever, but just make, make it understood that, Hey, if you want somebody who is a USPSA subject matter expert, you can recruit somebody who will come and, you know, whether you send them the stages beforehand, or if I, I think some of these clubs just tend to kind of build them on the ground, which fair enough that you have to do what you have to do to make the, the, the match work at your club, but try and, and pair that match director who's not a USPSA subject matter expert could, could one of the perks of affiliating with USPSA be access to, Hey, you know, here's a, here's a way that you can email all the certified ROs and CROs within 50 miles of your match and say, Hey, is anybody willing to kind of come give these stages a, a once over come be, you know, not the, not the match director in a sense, but the, the USPSA subject matter expert. I'm just spitballing here, but I'm trying to think of a way that, that we can align the incentives of shooters who want to, to shoot better matches and match directors who want to put on high quality matches. Because I mean, let's be honest, people will drive further, really hardcore, dedicated USPSA guys will drive farther for a more level two like monthly match. And so I think you definitely do see this, this, this sort of vicious cycle where the, the most knowledgeable USPSA folks might stop shooting some of these local matches that are too lax with the rules. And so then you get this, this, this feedback loop where there are fewer people around to complain about either illegal stages or lax gear rules or <laughs> overly friendly scoring calls or giving people reach all this stuff that that drives the regular competitors away it actually becomes this vicious cycle where there's few of them around at these matches and so they feel like more more and more of a minority when they do you know speak up and, and raise these issues and so how do we and i really don't want this to come across as me grinding an axe because again i understand that that different people run uspsa matches for different reasons not everybody wants exactly what I want. But what I'm trying to get at is how can we 
structurally? How can USPSA as an organization at the national level, potentially, how can we structurally make a system where shooters and match directors all ha- all get what they want and and we can like i'm saying have some kind of system where a match director who is responsible for you know maybe they run idpa one weekend and steel challenge the next weekend and uspsa the next weekend and a three gun match the fourth weekend how can we give them the resources so that they can run something that is that is as close to a, a level two that is that that has the influence from someone who does travel around and shoot these bigger matches. I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm just I'm just kind of putting ideas out there. I'm trying to state the question clearly, and I'm sure you guys will have some thoughts on this. And I I really look forward to it. And that's you know my email is at the end of every episode, so definitely send me your anecdotal experience. Have you seen this around you? Have you not? What have you seen that works? What doesn't? Uh, you know there are hundreds, maybe close to a thousand of you out there listening. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to gather more data because like I said, this is a pattern that I've, that I've seen from the matches that I've personally interacted with over the years, but I have no idea if it, if it scales or not. And I just want to wrap up with sort of a, a brief announcement and a sort of brief miniature topic here at the end. There will be no podcast next week. I will be taking off the, the week for Thanksgiving, but it will also be this weekend is IPSC Nationals at the Volusia range, hunt and rifle club, whatever it is, it, the Volusia range in Florida. And I'll be driving down there with the family and, and I'll be shooting that match Saturday and Sunday. So if you hear this, if you see me, come, come find me, come say hi. I will be, my goal is to be on the range as long as I physically can be just to, you know, get to, get to talk to folks and just be, be around because to me, and, and, and this is, this is sort of what I wanted to talk about. There is a reason I I very deliberately chose that IPSC nationals is the one nationals that I'm going to shoot this year. I have, I have shot USPSA nationals many times. I worked it as staff in 2014. I shot it as a competitor in 17, 18, 19 and 21. I think I didn't make it to to 20, but that was the year of COVID. So I've, I've shot it obviously not as much as, as some people, but I've, I've, I've shot my share of USPSA nationals and my every time I shot one outside of the 2014 and 2017 ones that were in, in St. George, I just kind of walked away feeling underwhelmed. It just felt like this wasn't what nationals should be. And I will say at the very least to me, IPSC nationals shooting the match is to some degree a, a statement. It's me voting with my feet and with my wallet that this is the match that I think most closely resembles the match that I think I, that I think nationals should look like. It's all the divisions heads up shooting the same stages at the same time, a little, you know, miniature world shoot. And I mean, there is also to some degree an element kind of like with the, uh, the Kentucky bluegrass low cap match that I shot in the, in the spring of this year, there's this element of everybody who's there kind of wants to be there either. Well, I mean, to some degree it is a qualifier match for the world shoot. So there's that element of, of pressure, but everybody Everybody who is is shooting a match like the IPSC Nationals, it's it's kind of off the beaten path. It's not a cool, high prestige type event, but to some degree, it just it seems like a gathering of of enthusiasts of the people sort of most dedicated to the sport in the country. It's not flashy. The trophies won't be nearly as cool as the the USPSA Nationals trophies. Uh, 
if there is an awards dinner, I think there's some kind of awards dinner planned on the range at, at Sunday night. You know, we'll see what that what that ends up looking like. That that all, you know, certainly could be better. It, it could be a more prestigious event in that sense. But to me, when I just look at all the nationals on the calendar, the IPSC nationals, yes, it's cool, production 15 and all that, but it, it really is, it's just the the match that to me seems the most like the nationals that that I want to be a part of. And so that's why when I was I was planning out my my calendar for the year, I basically looked at the, you know, I should I could shoot production nationals, I could shoot you know, any of the, I could shoot carry optics nationals. I, I could, I could have gotten a slot to those, but IPSC was just the one that seemed like the place that I wanted to be. Now, is it, is it everything that I think a national should be? Well, no, it's, you know, it is, it, it'll be a two day match. It'll be 18 stages, which in an IPSC three, two, one format is not nothing. I, I mean, I do think the, the three, two, one short, medium, long course format gives you a, a more well-rounded test of the competitor. I think short courses are very unforgiving to to small hiccups in gun handling. You know, if it's a if it's a twelve-round stage, nobody except uh, revolver and classic, aka single stack, nobody except revolver and classic are going to be doing a reload. So the grip you get, that you start the stage with, is very well maybe the grip that you shoot the whole thing with. Now, is also a higher likelihood that there will be some kind of movement during the stage where maybe you readjust your grip and that kind of thing, but. But you get what I'm saying, where short courses, I think, do tend to be more that you won't win a match on them, but a a mistake or a series of mistakes, a pattern of mistakes on, on the short courses can definitely cost you the match. And so I think that three two one format is definitely interesting. I don't know that it has to be three two one. You know, if it was a, you know, one 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 format or something like that, just something where there was more of an emphasis on having short courses, a balance of short, medium and long courses that wasn't just oh, hey, we're going to have five long courses. And then on this one bay, we're going to have two short courses that you shoot back to back. It's like, okay, that that's not really, that's not really the point. I, I will say I did like that aspect of, of shooting the, the Pan American extreme match this, uh, this January, February in, you know, the very beginning of this year is, is it did have that flow where you would, your squad would roll up. And if it was a short course, you'd have a, a three minute walkthrough. Typically there's not that much to look at. And you would, you would be able to focus on shooting just that short course. It wasn't this element of, okay, I just shot this. Okay. Can I, let me go load my mags. And then I'm up in three shooters on the other side of the stage, or, you know, you have to shoot both back to back where you basically just stay hot and, and walk over and, and you kind of have to try and prepare for both. Yeah. That, that's its own kind of challenge, but the, the way that, that you kind of have this flow of, of going from, from short, medium and long stages I like it. What can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. I think it is a, a different kind of test that we don't necessarily see at, at our nationals. And I, I think there's something that we can, that we can learn from it, but anyway, to list the negatives, right? So it's 18 stages of three, two, one for a, you know, a true nationals. I think a three day match would be better. I think, I think three days for a true nationals is, is definitely the, the, the minimum, but I also understand that they, they're, the, the guys running this match weren't sure whether they would be able to fill the match. And I think by the time they, they realized how much demand there was for this match, I'm sure if they could go back in time, they probably would make it a bigger match with, with more days and, and more squads and, and more shooting. But it, they, you know, to some degree, when you plan out a match, you, you have to, to, to make your bet. And then once, once that's out there, you know, people are committing to certain dates. It's, it's hard to just tack on another date of shooting. But I think if they had, I, I think people probably would have been mostly down for that, but who knows? So 
it's that. And then, you know, as far as I know it, it'll be a, a sort of typical competitor reset match. There are certainly, you know, if you go to a, a bigger uh, European handgun championship or, you know, a, a world shoot, that's going to be staff reset, partially for fairness, partially for match flow, which I think are the, the two main benefits for, for a, a staff reset match. But as far as I know, this won't be, as far as I know, this will be a competitor reset match, but then all the other USPSA nationals would have been too. So it's a wash in, in that respect. So, you know, it's, it's definitely not a, a perfect match, but when I sort of sat down at the beginning of the year and, and had the choice and, you know, as the match calendar was announced, I, I sort of said, yeah, to me, IPSC nationals, it aligns with, to me, the kind of match I want to shoot. And so I'm going to support it with my limited time off work, my limited travel budget, my limited match ammo budget. And so that's, uh, that's where I'll be this weekend. If you, if you see me walking around, by all means, come up, say hi. I, I genuinely do want to get to talk to as many folks as I can and, and just hear different perspectives. You know, one of the things that, that I, I really, I know I, I've been saying it recently, but I, I really do mean is all I have to go on is the stuff that I've seen and the stuff that you guys tell me. And so the more experiences that I can learn from and benefit from and, and take, oh, hey, I'm hearing this same story from three or four or five people okay, there's something here. The more that I can get of that, the, the more effective I'll be as a, as an area director, not just, you know, for area six, but from guys across the country. And I know there are going to be a lot of folks coming, not just, not just from area six, but, but from across the country to shoot this match. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll be around. I'll be doing my best to shoot. Well, I, I definitely, I have not had the dry fire schedule. I, I would have wished for, but that's, uh, that's life. And, you know, I, I definitely feel blessed to have have the family that I have and the the job that I have and have had the opportunity to you know have all of these discussions with you guys as a part of recording the podcast and and now you know leading up to, to being area director so I I, I can't complain I, I will I will shoot to the you know shoot the best that I can and have a good time doing it and again hopefully get to talk to a good number of you folks out there and have some interesting stories to tell and some some content for the podcast when it's all done. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. If you want to get in touch with me, my email is bennettberryshooting.com. Talk to you next time.